Welcome to the Small Business Big Life Podcast. My name is Derek Van Ness, and I'm the lead wealth strategist and founder at Big Life Financial, where we use innovative tax and financial strategies to help business owners keep more of the money they make and be a whole lot smarter at growing it. We believe every person has something unique and valuable to bring to the world, but far too often money stops them from sharing those gifts. We're here to fix that problem by helping people get money out of the way so they can unleash their full potential on the world. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll even reveal how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet. So let's get this thing started now. Welcome, everybody. This is Derek Van Ness, your host here on the Small Business Big Life Podcast. And I've got something special for you today. More wisdom being dished out, put on your plate so that you can consume it and learn things that you didn't know before you got onto the show. So today we've got somebody who's very unique. Her name is Joyce Oystel, and she is, uh, she's got a very unique niche related to social media, but it may not be your typical social media uh, approach and uh, different clientele and, and a bunch of really cool stuff that Joyce was telling me about here. So I'm excited to have her. And Joyce, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Derek. I'm really happy to be on your show. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you here. I think you're doing something really unique and also very needed. So just tell the audience real quick a little bit about who you are and the nutshell version of what you do and where they can find you if they if they find that they resonate with your message. Perfect. Well, <clears throat> my name is Joyce Forstel. My business name is Boomers Social Media Tutor. And that's for baby boomers because that's my primary audience. Although I will go down to people as young as Derek sometimes. <laughs> so to the older Xers or the Gen Xers who are in, say, late 40s or 50s, but mostly it's that boomer crowd turning 57 this year, they are the youngest ones. And what do I do for them? I help them with their social media and especially LinkedIn. That is about 85% of my tutoring clients are needing some kind of help with LinkedIn. And I do a little bit with Facebook. And when I help people with social media, I help them to know what to do with it themselves. I don't manage it for them. I teach them how to change their profile and how to essentially use a social site like LinkedIn. It'll be eight years next month that I've had this business. I essentially retired out of a 17 years career in sales, retired into my business. Wow, that's a that's a very interesting story. So we're gonna have to dig into that in just a sec. But before we do that, I always like to start off, Joyce, and just ask if you could give one piece of advice, something that you know you could pass on to the next generation of entrepreneurs, people who are following in your footsteps, something either you figured out or someone taught you along the way, what would that piece of advice be? Well, I'm going to cheat and do two things. The okay. first thing is to when, when pay attention. When someone says you're good at something, pay attention. Maybe you've got this day job and you had someone like my manager told me, hey, Joyce, you're good with social media. Ever think of helping especially other people in your boomer generation to understand social media? I never, Derek, in a million years would have come up with this business idea on my own. I swear to God. So that's the first thing is listen to other people. I say I'm a believer. I'll say God, speaking of God, channels himself or herself through these people. Secondly, 
when you have a business, you have to niche. You know, those Mary Kay ladies, when they say everyone with skin is my customer, (laughs) that just drives me batty. Because the point is, you need to have a niche. My niche are people who are over the age of 50, who have a business, who maybe had it for a while, and are really frustrated with how their LinkedIn looks. I know it's you know, quite a few people, but we have narrowed that down. And a lot of times it's a lady. That's about 70% to 30% is how that breaks up. Gotcha. So very cool. So it's a very unique niche, right? Like when most people think social media, they're thinking like very young. Um, Obviously that's changed over the last 10 years, but in, in the early on, that's sort of the perception I think a lot of people have. So you mentioned that you kind of retired into this and it sounds like it came from, from some feedback from someone else. So how did you make that transition, Joyce? Like if you've got a 17 year career, you're probably comfortable. You're, you know, you're doing your thing. It takes a lot to do something new. What, uh, what was that transition like and what made you decide, Hey, this is worth doing and letting go of my job for such an important question. And before I forget, I did, leave out one thing. Yes, I stumbled, of course, with my, my business name. Here's how you reach me in case you can't stay on for much longer on this podcast. It's my website, which is B-O-O-M-E-R-S and then social media tutor, T-U-T-O-R dot com. Kind of tricky with those two S's. I didn't think of that back in 2010. <laughs> and so that leads actually into the answer to your question. So there I am, March 2010. I'm 61 years old. If you're quick with math, you'll see that now I'm 72. Mm -hmm. Well, back then, my manager, who was all perhaps 35, said to me in his office, I'll never forget, since you're so good, Joyce, at explaining social media to our clients, because I was in sales and we had just rolled out social media and the sales team was asked to really push social media. He says, since you're so good at this, have you ever thought of helping other people in your age group to do it? Like I said that story earlier. So the point about this, when you get the idea, you know, don't run right out and hang up a shingle. I mean, I think too many people get into their businesses prematurely. So what I did for three years, Derek, to -hmm. really test this out was I noodled and noodled just to get the business name and then figure it out kind of what my offering would look like. And then I would ask, let's say I would beg my friends, like from Toastmasters, you know, the speaking leadership group. And I'd say to them, hey, but can we sit down and just look at your LinkedIn? Why? You know, they get all defensive. I said, there's something wrong with that. I said, I don't know. I haven't looked at it yet. You know, I want to look at it together. I want to practice. I need to practice like a self-enforced internship because that way I found out two things. A, could I help them? Was I any good at helping them? And B, did I even like sitting down and doing that? Because if anybody is watching this had a busted career or two, that's which I've had, they know when you get to be as old as 60 something, you don't want to just go off and try something as you know from the start, it's probably not going to work. So I say find ways to practice, find ways to volunteer, find ways to be somebody's sidekick. And have that side hustle, if you will, while you still keep the day job. Yeah, yeah. I used to uh, do a lot of sole purpose coaching for business owners. And a lot of them, or a lot of times their spouses would be, you know, we'd have like someone who was a dentist or doctor and then their spouse kind of took on the supporting role. But at some point, like the kids grow up and they're like, hey, I want to get out in the workforce. 
how do I do that? I, I encourage the same thing because I make the comparison that like these new careers, these new jobs, it's like trying on jeans, right? When you look at jeans, sometimes something looks really good on the rack, but then you put it on and it doesn't fit very well. And I love that you did what I suggest, which is like put on yeah. the jeans and walk around in them, stretch, see how they feel, make sure that they, they, you know, they're going to be what you want them to be. And I love that you took your time because the other thing that I think is really important is a lot of people take on this idea of like starting your own thing. It's this super cool, sexy, dangerous, risky gunslinger thing to do. But a lot of people die in those gunfights. And I think when you take the approach that you took, you, you don't have to like jump off the cliff and learn how to fly on the way down. You're like, okay, let me try this out. Let me see, is this right? You know, this isn't really resonating. People want this, but they don't want that. So it sounds like you did a lot of that basic market research prior to actually making the jump, which makes a lot more sense than just sounding like, oh yeah, it was just so easy. I just got off the on-ramp and here we go, right? There was a lot to that. So, so I appreciate you taking us through that. So once you kind of did that research, this is another thing, like it's one thing to get started in business. It's another thing to make it like to go from making a little bit of money to like, okay, now this is an actual career, right? I can make a living at this. Um, how are you able to do that in the early years? Cause I have, I know a lot of people out there, especially people in the, the marketing world, in the coaching world, in the services world, they're kind of stuck in that solopreneur. I make enough to get by, but not really enough to have a business business. How did you, how'd you ramp that up and keep going? Well, I, in full disclosure, Derek, I don't have a vision of really scaling my business in a big way. Um, I, it's me in the corner of my basement. I choose to call an office in my computer helping people. And I have a husband, we're both 72. So when I retired, he was still working. And then we have his pension because he worked for the government. Oh my gosh, you are a financial planner. You could really appreciate this. So I have a secure income. I'll be really, really open about this. So, but I still wanted to make money. I still had to figure out how to, you know, set my rates and what's worth spending money on and which business networking group to join. So Mm -hmm. there are a lot of decisions to make. And so for me, I've gradually been ramping up. My rates have gone up. I finally charged over $100 an hour, you know, to some people and a little bit less for the senior rate. So I I would say that some might call this a hobby business, but I do make money at it. And I think you need to figure out what works best, what monetizes best, who are the people that are going to spend the money and what you have to offer. So I'm probably not the best example of someone you know, ideally, eventually, with someone, you could have a team of people. So if I, I had, you could, I could theoretically train a whole group of tutors all around the country, the world for that, and then they'd be out there, kind of like a quasi-franchise model, and then I could be getting a cut of that because you know I've created the brand. That would be a scenario I've thought of actually, but right. for now I've not gone quite that far. It's still, it's really I am the social media tutor. Yeah, and and there's nothing wrong with that in the sense that you know, you've created something that I I would call it a lifestyle business, right? You're doing something you care about. You're making a difference in the world. You're Mm -hmm. making a living at it. There's a reason to get up every morning and things to be excited about and you get to grow and learn and meet, meet new people. So tons of, of really good stuff there. 
yeah, I just kind of wondered how that how that transition had worked for you because for a lot of people, those first that first one, two, three years can be quite discouraging. And I think a lot of people just never really get over the hump with it to where they find that groove. They get to the rates where they can really charge what they're worth, uh, where they find the right clients. So like you said, there are a lot of decisions to make there. So Joyce, just tell me, maybe mm-hmm. share with me a challenge, something that like when you hit a hiccup or something that really stumped you and you were able to kind of work through that, share with me something that, that kind of meets that need. Cause I think there's always just gold in those road bumps that or those speed bumps that we all run into. Well, I was saying one type of speed bump was, I want to say it was three. It might've been four years ago. I got the idea of creating webinars, standalone webinars. And I know it was before I got into zoom, mm-hmm. it was on go to meeting. So I was using the go to meeting webinar, whatever the, you know, that platform And here I am in the corner of my basement creating these webinars with a mix of PowerPoint slides and live demo on LinkedIn and just kind of fumbling, creating these webinars. I had a price for a package of three or one that would stand alone. And I marketed the heck out of those webinars. And I swear that hardly anybody bought them but my friends, people that would know me and think, oh, I want, I like Joyce. I want to listen to Joyce. But you know what? When I would call them and say, well, how was the webinar? And they'd say, oh yeah. Well, I haven't really watched it yet. I just kind of bought that because I like you or, you know, out of pity or I don't know if it was quite that bad, but I just realized that for me to create a webinar all by my lonesome, okay, the maybe the best analogy was when I worked at age 16, sorting nuts and bolts in a factory by myself in a basement and another kind of basement. Mm-hmm. And I am such an extrovert. I, I need to have people around me. So, okay, fast forward a few years. So this year, I now create webinars where sometimes I'm not paid, but other times like at last month, I was paid per webinar a certain amount of money by an entity that serves people who are 50 and older and helps matches them with jobs with the federal government. And so they're going to have these webinars up on their website with an encrypted passcode kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that is just for their people. The public can't just drop in. So now when I create something of value that they were there, the staff were there, four or five of them, when I was doing the 45-minute webinar, has such a different feel to it because it had their energy while I was doing it, now they weren't saying anything during it, but we had the Q&A afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. So that's an example, I think, of a product that works better for me in the creation of it. And I think I could create that for other groups, these customized webinars, right? And just charge per webinar works better for me. Yeah. Yeah. What I've seen you, what I hear you saying you did was, you know, you have a business and you do things a certain way. But then you took the the resources that you have and you found kind of a different, you know, a different leg to the stool, so to speak, or a different mm-hmm. pillar of income, like a lot of restaurants do catering as well, right? They don't yeah, just do retail sales. They do do a lot of sales out of the back and make a, a lot of extra money to supplement it because you got to cover all that overhead. So I think that's great. And I, I love digging into what you're saying there about the webinars because I found the same thing. You know, what I do in the financial world, just like what you do with social media, people are coming to us because they, they don't know. They're a little bit vulnerable. And when I've done pre-recorded stuff and I'm like, here, just watch this video. 
it doesn't get any kind of result relative to me sitting down with a real person, you know, through Zoom or face to face and like going through things, even though the recording would cover it just as well. But there's something about having a real person on the other end for me, but also for them, the personalization of being able to ask questions and you set aside the time. And there's something about honoring the other person that makes people show up and pay attention versus a video. You know, they've got kids running around in the background and they're eating their dinner in front of it. And maybe they only watch half or whatever. So, so I think you're onto something there that uh, there is a real power in having live people on the other end. So, Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool. Um, So let me ask you this, like if someone's listening and they're um, a 50 plus, you know, struggling with social media or whatever, what are a couple of the big mistakes that you see or that are most common that people really need to get together and figure out? Well, I'd say the first one is we'll focus on LinkedIn for mm-hmm. now. I can talk a little bit about Facebook. But people will get their LinkedIn profile, let's say it's looking really good. Maybe they did it themselves and maybe they paid someone or they used me to help them. And they're like, okay, I'm good. Kind of waiting for the phone to ring. Are they doing anything on LinkedIn? Right. No, 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 no. Okay, there's a problem here. It's social media, folks. Social, social. So you need to put up a post. You might want to tag someone, like refer to them with a little ad sign, right? Uh-huh. When you do that, you pull more people into the post. It gives them more energy. Go to certain key referral partners. So say you and I are type going up to a similar market. Mm-hmm. I, I think, okay, I'm going to track with Derek. I'm going to go every other week. I'll say on a Monday. He's on my short list. And so I'm going to go to your LinkedIn profile, look at your activity, find things you've posted mm-hmm. and share them. Comment is actually even better. It gives right. more energy again to the post. My favorite one of late, and you must have been living under a rock if you haven't seen the video about the lawyer or cat. Have you seen that? Maybe you've missed it. But there is a I little video so. going around. Go to, yeah. Okay, go, go, go. Look me up on LinkedIn. You are in a rock. But um, <laughs> it's some, this guy is in court. I kid you not. He's a lawyer in court. And somehow somebody had been on his Zoom and had set this up with a, like a little talking cat face. It's so funny. Oh, I did. So I did see that. You yeah. See this? yeah. You did see that. Okay. So he's trying to say to this lawyer, I'm a lawyer, not a cat. You see the little cat little lips going. It is so funny. It has turned into this incredible meme that just just viral on the internet. So I shared this because I'd heard about it, but I hadn't seen yet. My daughter, my husband were talking about it. And then I opened up my LinkedIn and like, oh, that's that's what they were talking about. So I shared that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I think. I think, you know, like the way the social media works, of course, right, is if you get attention or reactions, then they like push it out to the next circle of people. And if those people Mm -hmm. do things and engage with it, then they push it out. And like you said, in the beginning, getting that pushed out a little bit more is the hardest part, right? So if you give that energy to other people, like you said, you share their stuff, you comment on their stuff. Mm -hmm. And it it very much is like real life, right? Mm -hmm. You contribute to people and they contribute back and good people. I've, I've found, you know, they want to reciprocate. They want yeah. to look at what you're up to and what you're doing. So if you want to get someone's attention, there's no question that giving them a bunch of attention is a great way to do that on social media. And, and like you said, right. there's so many people who like, 
LinkedIn is like regular networking events in the sense that a lot of people go and they hand out a bunch of cards and then they never call anybody. Yeah. They don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing here. You have to engage. I I in one of my trainings I used to always teach the reason to have a business card is to get a business card so that mm-hmm. then I can follow up with them. Right. The same thing on LinkedIn. You know, the the mm-hmm. reason you want to connect with people so you can actually do something with it, not just to like have more connections than you had yesterday, yeah. but really to create relationships with those people. Let me ask you this. You know, I did have, excuse me, one other, you, you said two things really quick. The other one is don't be salesy. I, if I see one more realtor, especially on Facebook saying, oh, look at the house I just sold. Oh, la-di-da, like I care, right? Now, Mr. Realtor, Mrs. Realtor, Ms. Realtor, what I would like to see is maybe a few DIY tips. Ever have trouble with this issue with your plumbing? Do you know there is a great YouTube video? You can probably figure out half your plumbing problems on your own. So now you're educational, right? You're not coming off like braggy, braggy, braggy. So you need to toot your own horn. But I think in post, I think, you know, I've heard the 80-20 rule, whatever you want to follow, Mm -hmm. but it needs to be educational. Much of it. Yeah, I think the, the generic version of that is you want to create value for the people out there, right? If you create value for people, they determine, oh, wait, my life's better when Joyce is in it. So Mm -hmm. I want to do things to keep Joyce in my life, right? I want to do business with her. I want to support her. I want to send people her way, whatever it is. And I I can hear that through what you're saying is it's really about don't just show up. It's not that if we build it, they will come thing. It's like get out there, create value for people, be valuable to them, do things that help them. And amazingly, then they want to hang out with you. They want to work with you. They want to, you know, go go along with whatever you're up to and, and make it happen. So I, I think that's great. Now, um, I, I was going to say, what, what if people are, li- they're listening and they're like, okay, this LinkedIn thing sounds good. And maybe they kind of have a profile, you know, one of those where they put their name in like in 1996 and have never used it again. Where, where does somebody start with, with LinkedIn and how do you know if it's the right medium for you? You might say that it's not right for certain people. Who, who do you think it's a good fit for and how do they get started? Well, let's start with the second question. Who is it a good fit for? I think it's, it's a good fit for almost any business professional. First off, it's a good fit for a job seeker. Let's not ignore them, though I know our audience are business mm-hmm. owners. But sure. if somebody is in business and they want to really establish their professional credential, which is so many of us, I would, I would think any for-profit business, it would make sense, unless possibly the healing arts, I'll call to some degree chiropractors, acupuncturists, all of that field. I would say perhaps have some kind of a presence, but maybe not. You'd be more active on Facebook or Instagram, for example. Sure. So I think that it's still useful, um, even like a realtor, let's take. Do people actually going to purchase a house because they saw them on LinkedIn? Not necessarily. But who's on LinkedIn? The title people, the mortgage people. So to me, another way to think of it is you're, you're the kind of the larger space you're in. Like for you, it would be CPAs, bankers, all these other people in the broadly the financial space that you want to keep showing value to them. Sure. And of course, in your world is very restricted. I know of having enrolled financial planners into educational programs. So I know that certain things are restricted, but I think of it, you could ask um, not just clients, but associates. How do you, how do you keep up with your 
um, your business circle. How do you, you do you use LinkedIn for that? And also, you could just go and look at direct competitors and see, look them up on LinkedIn and see if they're using it, how they show up. That would be maybe a really easy way to go and research the degree to which LinkedIn is being used, you know, by those people. And how to get started, you know, there's a, lots of great tutorials. LinkedIn itself has got a lot of helpful information. I actually have an ebook that could help people with some basics. But you want to go in and maybe, again, look at a competitor, see how they've structured their background image. It's called cover, again, the background photo. Uh-huh. This is, again, LinkedIn, um, their profile, how they set up their tagline, their, I mean, their profile headline, how they describe themselves in their about section. And go and look through and see, look at someone who uses LinkedIn more. Most everybody is someone in their circles is kind of more of a power user. Mm-hmm. See how they've. What parts of it that you haven't thought to even fill out, like the featured section, which is actually new last April, roughly. So go through it and then see how how you want to say it. And maybe get somebody else, even if you aren't paying someone like me, maybe some trusted friend, an accountability partner, someone in your mastermind group to give you honest feedback about how your profile comes across. Because if you Google yourself, I swear that within the top five listings, LinkedIn will appear. People are surprised. Yeah, yeah. It, it is definitely an authority site, especially when you're typing in professional stuff. I find that it's it's right near the top for me, uh, if not the top. So it, you're, you're absolutely right. And there are some pretty neat tricks for optimizing it. And like you said, making sure that I think if you copy someone who is a power mm-hmm. user, that's going to start you pretty high up the ladder. It may not be perfect, but yeah, you're going to be way ahead of the average person. So that's mm-hmm. a nice little cheat code, so to speak, of, how to start <laughs> at a pretty high level because yeah and one other practical thing is yeah the profile headline recently I believe it was in August expanded from 120 characters to 220. So here's a very common thing that happens. People don't know that they can change it. They think they're stuck with whatever they have for their title in their top experience in the experience section and the name of their entity, like it would be you, financial advisor at, you know, your business name. Mm-hmm. But see, you could, I think, check with your compliance people, of course, <laughs> for you, but you can have, sure, you could have your title and your business name, but then you have likely more room to have SEO, search engine optimization types of terms. So anything like that will help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen, and it works. I optimized mine. I had a guy on uh, on a podcast I used to run back in 2015, and I went through like his little course and his little check mark marks. And for a while, I was like the number one guy. If you search San Diego real estate investor, I was like the number one guy because he taught me how to optimize it right. So, the wow. SEO of of those keywords and uh, how you use them is super super important. And using those extra 100 characters can make a big difference on where you show up because that's how people find you in LinkedIn. So, yep. yeah, so yep. super cool. So, Joyce, um, you've shared some really practical stuff here. You've kind of told us about your journey. Out of curiosity, maybe just share with us, like, uh, where are you going from here? What's next? What are you passionate about kind of doing with your business over the next one, two, three years here? Such a great question. Maybe I will expand and create an empire. (laughs) I'll go with just a one-year timeline. 
Last year, I got to be on seven podcast interviews like this. Oh, cool. One I one was the same podcaster. She had me on two times in a row because we had sort of related topics and we realized they needed to be chunked into two separate interviews. So at the beginning of 21, I thought, you know what? Let's see, how many? So I thought 12. My goal is to be on at least 12 different podcast interviews, all kind of Facebook live interview is sort of like it. And I have already been booked for six and it's only February, right? So I'm excited. And my friends in my, um, my accountability group, my mastermind, actually, we call it said, Joyce, do your older people really listen to podcasts? And I go, well, some do, but here's I'm on a mission. I know I brought up God a lot. I don't know exactly why, but I'm on a mission from God to get more and more people to just open up their LinkedIn and use it. And when you're on a podcast, there's all kinds of people that might think, oh, maybe that lady's onto something. She and Derek, they really made a case for me today. I've I've been a guest speaker at like Polka Dot Powerhouse. That's a group for women business owners. And people haven't looked at their LinkedIn for years. And in 10 minutes, I've inspired someone to say, I think I better get my act together on LinkedIn. So that's kind of where I'm going. I'm looking for larger audiences and more chances to do more speaking and webinars with, I have a trade organization where I did a free webinar for them. And now I might be making inroads with some of their member companies where I could do paid trainings for say a sales team. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to do more of that. Yeah, that's super cool. I I love it. Yeah, and the podcasting has been fun. I, I really pushed it hard last year as well. And, and we've done quite a few shows. And for those listening, listen, Joyce's uh, LinkedIn paid off because the reason she's on the show is we looked at it and we thought it was great. We use LinkedIn all the time to find guests because we can go out and we can find targeted people. And you can kind of tell on LinkedIn if somebody's got it together or not, right? And so we use that as a key indicator to determine who we want to have on the show and who we don't. So Joyce, your, your work, it's paying off, right? It got you this. Like it. It and got here's you a tip. Thing. Put your video. See, I have videos for my YouTube channel on my LinkedIn. They're on my positions section. And also on your website, be sure to be using video there. Because in my featured, one of my featured sections is of my homepage on my website. So therefore, somebody like Derek, who's scoping me out and saying, is this woman going to be good for our podcast, can easily go and just listen for a minute or two and see how I come across and like, ah, chill work. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's really how we do it. We look for people who who have some juice, who have some energy. They're up to something unique or cool or interesting mm-hmm. and might have a different perspective on life. And uh, you're obviously someone who caught our eye. So uh, mm-hmm. that's it's working. It's working. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yay, me. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, Joyce, the, the last thing I like to do with people is just give you <clears throat> 30 to 90 seconds to say anything that you want to say, whether it's related to what we said here or talked about here, whether it's related to business or not. Uh, I just think everybody should have a voice in the world. And if there's anything you feel like it's important to share, I'd love for you to take a, you know, 30 to 90 seconds here and just say what you need to say. Well, I'd like to really address the pandemic because we're doing this podcast in February 2021 with probably a good four to six months or more left where we're hanging out virtually like this, even with people down the street. And I want to say, get over it, folks. You know, 
get into your Zoom, your whatever you're using, and treat it like you're there in person with them. Feel like you actually you could reach out and shake their hand and stop moaning and bemoaning that you can't get together in person. Heck, I'm the first person that wants to hug someone besides my family members. And yet I think we just need to work this to feel comfortable, to do all we can and, and be there to serve others and see it as an opportunity. My life has actually grown exponentially because of the fact that more and more people are virtually engaging and I can help people in so many more places. So you get a positive spin on it to the best you can, this, this being stuck inside of our basements, so to speak, on our computers. Yeah, I totally agree with that 100%. We have been treating it like, to some extent, I've been treating it like it's going to be permanent, like building my business so that if this becomes a thing that's like an on-again, off-again thing, we have the power to do that. And if we go back to, you know, a lot more face-to-face, then that's great. But uh, I have found mm-hmm. tremendous leverage. I mean, I can meet with 10 to 12 clients a day now instead of if I'm doing it in person, three to four. So ah. it's a lot, lot more effective because there's no commute. There's no travel time. It is plug and play. Everybody's got it figured out. I don't have to educate them on what Zoom is or what GoToMeeting is or any of the others that you use. So yeah, super cool. So Joyce, um, I love your passion. I can just tell that you really care about what you do. And tell us again how people can find you so that they can connect and reach out. Oh, you bet. Yeah. So Joyce Poistel, that's a hard name. So you just got to remember the business name. It's long, but it's great SEO. Boomers, B-O-O-M-E-R-S, social media tutor, T-U-T-O-R.com is my website. You can just take it from there because you can reach me through that. Fantastic. Well, I've really enjoyed having you on the show and just appreciate you taking the time. So thanks for stopping by. Oh, it was wonderful. Thank you, Derek. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Big Life Show. If you're a six or seven figure business owner who'd like to be on the show, we'd love to talk about it. Just visit biglifefinancial.com slash guest to get the ball rolling. And if you heard something you loved on the show today, don't be shy about sharing it. And if you do, be sure to use the hashtag smallbusinessbiglife so we can see that you're sharing the love. And heck, if we swoon over your post, we might even pass it on to our many thousands of followers to help share the love and the spotlight with you. Speaking of love, if you like today's show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. You know why? Because then you'll never miss another episode and you can get all the motivation, inspiration, and insights with every new episode. Also, if you want to see everything else we're up to on YouTube, social media, or even in real life, you can always visit us at biglifefinancial.com. Well, that's it for today. My name's Derek Venice, and I want to personally thank you for being a part of the small business big life movement. Now get out there, create more than you consume, love people more than you need to, and believe in magic because yes, it does exist.